0: And
1: running liftoff. we have a liftoff. hello
2: and welcome it's eric erickson here at lances evening news on wsb the phone number is 404 872 750 wsb talk though we have a a pile of 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 news out there, I want to start with a bunch of clips about the Democrats right now, because it, it kind of is a bigger news story. You'll notice the media amplifying the Jeffrey Epstein story right now, even though there's nothing new to add to it. They're trying to make it all about Donald Trump, and it's largely to distract from the week the Democrats are having. Uh, I want to start first with this conversation between John King, not the insurance commissioner here in Georgia, uh, but my friend John King on CNN, uh, who hired me back in the day, and Phil Mattingly cnn's congressional correspondent just listen to this exchange
3: you may have heard some laughter from the reporters and mr jeffrey said that and that's because anybody with a pulse who's been paying attention over the last yeah. two weeks understands that it's been a difficult week for the house democratic caucus and it's also why according to one member who was in the closed door democratic caucus meeting this morning speaker pelosi gave what this member called the most forceful call for unity he's seen since the democrats have been in the majority in the reason why obviously trying to put behind the last couple weeks behind them but also trying to almost wrangle in the entire caucus and the very different parts of the caucus before some very substantial issues that they're going to have to deal with. Just this week, they're dealing with their defense policy bill. Progressive Democrats are upset that it spends too much money, even though it's $20 billion less than what the administration wants, even though the administration uh, has already threatened a veto for it. That puts them crosswise, obviously, with more moderate members. There's also the minimum wage bill. Democrats moving forward on a $15 minimum wage. Moderate members have been concerned about the impact on small business. Progressive members don't want to hear that. On top of all of it, there is the budget and spending caps deal that has been going on for a while where all of these members are likely going to have to support the speaker in her very kind of thorough multidimensional negotiation with the administration. What this all means, and I think part of it you can attribute to just growing pains. Part of it you can contribute to new members who don't necessarily understand what other members are going through in their districts. And that, I'm told from one person in the room, was the point the Speaker was trying to make this morning. A lot of these members who have raised a lot of the concerns, uh, including some of the tweets that have gone back and forth, come from very safe districts. Those aren't the districts that make the Democrats the majority in the House. Those aren't the districts that make the Speaker the Speaker of the House. And so she basically said, today keep it all in the family the reality is John if they can't kind of bring things back together right now it's going to get more and more difficult and it's going to undercut them in their negotiations with the administration going forward and I think everybody's aware of that we we'll just have to see what happens going forward
2: yes isn't it nice to have the media covering Democratic disharmony and, and disunity because they love to cover it with the Republicans but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is making it very difficult for the press uh, to be able to ignore the the lack of unity among Democrats on Capitol Hill right now. She has been, this, this issue with tweets, is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been threatening through outside groups to primary certain members of Congress, including some of the New York congressional delegation. She really is the gift that just keeps on giving to Donald Trump. She She and her cohorts are threatening to primary, moderate Democrats who are in swing districts to bring in more progressive members. Keep in mind the polling from ABC News on Monday. The ABC News Washington Post poll shows that President Trump would beat a socialist by six points. It would be a a 49% win for the president of the United States against a socialist. That's actually pretty striking, considering how unpopular everyone says the president is, he would beat a far-left Democrat. And now you've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in the House of Representatives telling Democrats that they have to go even further left or else. She's willing to shut down operations on Capitol Hill. Well, what's not helping is some of the presidential candidates out there as well. So here's Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke, talking to an immigrant family decides to badmouth America, and there's a relevant question that needs to be asked here. This country was founded on white supremacy, and,
3: and every single institution and structure that we have in our country still reflects the legacy uh, of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow um, and suppression, even in our democracy.
2: It's really striking to hear a, a former elected member of Congress from a very swing district in Texas— say that the nation was founded on white supremacy. Now, I've got a question, and this question needs to be asked of Beto O'Rourke. Why are you not stepping aside and endorsing Kamala Harris or Cory Booker? If the nation was founded on white supremacy, and even within our democracy today, the legacy of Jim Crow and segregation and white supremacy are interwoven into our democracy, why is he a privileged Irish white guy who appropriated a, a Hispanic nickname to try to make himself sound like he was Latino. Why is he running? I wonder if any reporter is going to ask him that. Will, will any reporter ask Beto? Their darling from 2016. My, my, how, how the tables have turned on Beto work. And he knows it. And so his strategy is to say more and more outrageous stuff to try to hope to get attention. The attention he's getting, though, isn't very flattering. And meanwhile, they're all piling on poor old Joe Biden. But it gets even worse for them. Robert Johnson, who has kept a very low profile over the past few years, was found by CNBC in Paris, France, near the Eiffel Tower. Okay, Robert Johnson was the founder of BET. He was a prominent supporter of Barack Obama. Back in the day, he was a prominent supporter of Bill Clinton. Uh, he he really... He was one of the people who took some of the the syndicated or some of the, the shows, the 30-minute sitcom shows that uh, catered towards black families on NBC and others, the Cosby's and, and the like, and brought them into syndication on BET, built an entertainment empire, particularly focused on black audiences. He, over the years, has really helped promote a lot of Democrats who were committed to improving the lives of black Americans. He was a huge supporter of Barack Obama. So he's caught in Paris by CNBC. They have their microphone. They conduct an interview with him. Here's what he has to say.
4: Well, I think the economy is doing absolutely great. And it's particularly reaching into populations that heretofore have had very bad problems in terms of jobs, employment, and the opportunities that come with full employment. So African-American unemployment is at its lowest level, uh, Hispanic unemployment, women. So I, I give uh, President Trump, and I've said this before on Squawk Box, I give President a lot of credit. For moving the economy in a positive direction that's benefiting a, a, a large number of Americans, I think the tax cuts clearly helped uh, stimulate the economy. I think business people have a little bit more confidence in the way the economy is going, and I think it's beginning to have some impact globally. Uh, we still have some issues to deal with with the China trade negotiation issues, but. Overall, if you look at the U.S. economy and you look at the number of people who are no longer in, in, looking for jobs, but uh, now sort of seeing the opportunities for job growth, uh, you got to give the president a, uh, an A-plus for that. Walk me through what happens next in Europe.
2: Well, so, you have the founder of BET telling Americans they have to give the president credit for an economy that the Democrats are now trying to talk down. You have Beto O'Rourke out, saying that the country was founded on white supremacy and is bad. You have the House Democrats fighting with each other over where to go next. You have moderates in the House Democratic caucus worried about their reelections in 2020. You have the Democrats having failed to make stellar recruitments across the nation to challenge Senate Republicans. That, that gives rise to another story of the day we need to discuss, and it's relevant to all of this. The mayor of the city of Clarkston, Ted Terry is going to run for the U.S. Senate. Ted Terry is a hyper-progressive partisan. He actually grew a resistance beard, came to fame really nationally because he went on that Queer Eye for the Straight Guy show where they made him trim his resistance beard, as he called it. Now, he is in favor of um, sanctuary cities. He's in favor of full legalization of marijuana. Uh, He is... uh, a hyperactive uh, partisan environmentalist he is a very partisan progressive and he's going to jump into the democratic primary and he's got some national fame because of having been on the queer eye show and he's going to challenge Theresa Tomlinson meanwhile in Kentucky, You've got Amy McGrath is running against Mitch McConnell. Uh, Mitch McConnell has the lowest polling of any of the Republicans right now in the Senate up for reelection, largely because he has made some difficult moves that have hurt him politically in Kentucky uh, and partly because it's fanned the flames of the whole resistance movement. And so now you've got Amy McGrath running against him, who is a super, super progressive. I want to play this video. These are clips of Amy McGrath um, that the Mitch McConnell campaign, Cocaine Mitch, put out about her. This is her in her own words. I am further
5: left. I am more progressive than
2: anybody in the state of Kentucky. Now, the quote there, because it's kind of garbled, it's, I am further left. I am more progressive than anybody in the state of Kentucky.
5: And I think the wall is stupid. I mean, I really do. It's a waste of money. This is what we need in this country. They're here. They're not going anywhere. Let's let's bring them in. Yes, I would support a move towards universal health care. If we were to start 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and build a health care system from scratch, I think, in my opinion, single-payer is the way to go. I don't think government should be involved in making decisions on a woman's
0: body.
2: So you think a That's woman right. on the way to the hospital to give birth could decide to abort it instead? I don't
0: think that... Government should be in, involved in a woman's right to choose. What is happening? What, what to about her the body. rights of the unborn child?
5: Congress to be a, a voice—a voice for progressive values. Well, I, I don't know that I'm different than Democratic Party national. Then, of course, the results of the election. We have a new commander in chief. And that morning, I woke up like somebody had the much me, and I felt like what has just happened to my country. The only. Feeling I can describe is any close to it, was the feeling I had after that. I am further left. I am more progressive than in the state of Kentucky.
2: More progressive than anybody in the state of Kentucky, and thinks that the election of Donald Trump was like 9 11. Meanwhile, Ted Terry jumping in in Georgia, the Democrats can't find any moderates to run in areas where progressives can't get elected and they're starting to freak out about it. The phone number here 872 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK Jerry in Johns Creek welcome to the program how are you?
1: Good Eric, how are you? Good. Doing the show once again. Thank you. Hey, uh Real real quick, um, you know, with all these promises by Democrats, would it not be very easy for President Trump to jump all over this health care thing? I mean, today the numbers came out for um, the Department of Health and Human Services last year, which they, they cover Medicaid and Medicare. Last year, they spent $1.1 trillion, covering 75 million people. And this year, they're on pace to spend $1.25 trillion, or almost a 12% increase over last year. And we're only covering 75 right. million people. Given the fact we have 350 million in the country, approximately, that would mean we would, if to cover everybody, we would have six-fold mm-hmm. cost increase over the $1.2 trillion. Right. So that puts us at $7.5 trillion, roughly,
2: with a $22 $2 trillion national get. debt as well. Yeah, Listen, I think what the Trump administration is doing here is they're waiting for this case in Texas. Uh, remember, you had a, a court in Texas over said Obamacare was now unconstitutional because the individual mandate was scrapped. It has gone before the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals to a three-judge panel, which held hearings yesterday on it, and two of the three judges... Uh, we're pretty clear. They think that because the individual mandate is gone, that Obamacare is now unconstitutional. Uh, most people think they're still going to find a way to uphold at least part of it. But the administration doesn't want to do anything yet. Yeah, they don't want to come out with plans until they know what the what the court is going to do. Um, Daniel, we got less than a minute, but I wanted to squeeze you in here.
5: Oh, right, I I'll, I'll say really quick. You know how the three judge panel blocked or uh, ruled against Donald Trump that he could not block people on Twitter, but yet AOC is going around and Uh, blocking people. Um, Shouldn't it be a two-way street? I mean, how can they go after her? Well,
2: because the case was against the president and not against her, she has her excuse. But now three people have filed suit against her in the last 24 hours based on this court precedent uh, saying she can't block them anymore. If the case is upheld, and I think the Supreme Court will throw it out, but if it's not, uh, then she can be sued and she won't be able to block people either. Just have a question: How do you how do you in the, if you're driving an armored car? How, how do you let that much money fly out of the back of the armored car? This is something out of a movie. I didn't know this stuff happened in reality, and I, I, I I'm assuming there's got to be insurance or something involved. But uh, yeah, you know, so there were so many people who got video of what was happening that the police say they're looking at the license plates to see if they can and they're they're using the the overhead traffic monitor video cameras if, if they can get good resolution to try to find the people who took the money. I uh, listen. I am tempted to be in the finders keepers camp on this. I just the, the whole thing is ridiculous. Uh how, how do you how do you lose that much money out of the back of an armored car? Apparently it's oh my goodness gracious. Okay. All right. Joe in Holly Springs, you're going to be next. Welcome.
5: Hey there, Eric, nice to speak with you again. You too. Hey, um, you mentioned uh, good old uh, Mitch McConnell earlier, and I'll tell you, I've never been impressed with the guy. It's not because <laughs> I grew up in Indiana and we're natural rivals, but ha- has he done anything in the last six, eight years that maybe the average schmo didn't know about? I mean, isn't Listen, there somebody better that could be leading the Senate?
2: I am a I'm a long time critic of Mitch McConnell's. In fact, I, I'll tell you, uh, when I was at Fox News, I endorsed Matt Bevan against him in 2014 and got pulled off the air because his wife was on the board of News Corp and complained so much to Roger Ailes. Uh, that he took me off the air for bad-mouthing Mitch McConnell, not even, on, not even on on Fox News. I was writing about him at the time at Red State and talking about him here on this radio program. And so his wife had me pulled from Fox News for it. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I do have to say that in the last two years, he has been very, very smart in how he's handled Democrats through the uh, operations process in the Senate. And he's taken a lot of blame for things that others did not want to be blamed for. So in that sense, it's good. Uh, But at the same time, I'm just I'm not a fan of his. I've never been a fan of his. And I think he's done a real disservice to conservatives over the years, blocking a lot of legislation that uh, could have been advanced because he was worried about uh, sweet little Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and and their difficult reelection processes as opposed to going out and finding some better Republicans in those states Uh, and not, not a big fan but uh, he's he's served some good purposes here in the last uh, last little while. Now, y'all, I want to play these two clips of of um soccer lady, purple haired soccer lady. Because this adds to the democratic bad week. And I I want to talk about this. So some guy, Scott Slade. Yesterday on uh, Atlanta's morning news was talking about the the income pay disparity and breaking down the numbers, and some guy got on Twitter. Maybe mmm, you hear you. I'm glad you corrected the fact that here and here. Oh my goodness. I have never seen some dude get his panties and not so bad over something I have said on the radio as, as people complaining about me, um, pointing out how complainy and whiny the women's soccer people are. And by the way, uh, their contract was written before they won this World Cup, and it was premised in large part in the amount of revenue being generated through sponsorships and other things. Uh, so, of course, they're, they're not paid as much. You, you want to get paid more, go win more games and boost your attendance at regular games. By the way, there was also involved in this contract, which people don't understand, is that the uh, they took a better guarantee of assured monthly payments over the potential for larger bonuses, but with less regular take-home pay. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, if you're in radio or TV, it's a ratings-based business, and you get bonuses say, if, if you get to certain ratings levels in most of these industries, and you're given the choice. Do you want to make a little less salary, but if you hit the numbers we want you to hit, you get a huge bonus, or you want to m- have more monthly take-home pay, but understand that you're not going to get a big bonus if you do well. And, and they chose, they wanted the more regular take-home pay. Well, you know what? Their bonuses aren't as big. And their contract was structured at a time that the men's revenue was doing much better. And by the way, the women's revenue is doing well now, but it's still guaranteed it's going to keep going. The men still bring in more sponsorship money. But this woman, she went on Anderson Cooper's show. And I mean, are there other members on the team? Because she's made this all about herself, completely overshadowed her teammates, some of whom actually disagree with her but she's making it all about herself and she's making it so partisan she's doing it in such a way it's going to wind up hurting women's soccer even more than it already has because she's going to turn it into a partisan affair that other that the men's soccer players are smart enough not to do let's let's begin with this clip again this is is uh, Megan what's her name from you the the soccer team on with Anderson Cooper to constantly look within and challenge ourselves to be better so everyone else can be better around us
5: do you uh, I know you've been invited by I think uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez I think uh, Nancy Pelosi shout out, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> shout out AOC <laughs> so does that mean is that an invitation you're taking up Nancy Pelosi has said you know you're uh, you'd be welcome to a bipartisan congressional thing um, do you plan on going to Washington in one, capacity, one way or another?
0: Yes, definitely. Um, and I think even just the conversations with
2: the teammates that I've had, I think everyone is interested in going to Washington. I think we've always been interested in going to Washington. Um, this is such a special moment for us. Um, and to be able to you know, sort of leverage this movement and talk about the things that we want to talk about and to celebrate like this with um, the leaders of our country is an incredible moment. So. Yes to AOC, yes to Nancy Pelosi, yes to um, the
0: bipartisan Congress, yes to Chuck Schumer, yes to anyone else that um,
3: wants to invite us and have a real substantive conversation um, and that believe in the same things that we believe in.
2: Uh, By the way, and that believe in the same things that we believe in. Before you came out
5: on it, you probably didn't hear Bernie Sanders uh, said that you should get equal pay.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie Sanders now wants to jump on the bandwagon. Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, today said that if he's president, they will get equal pay. How, how, how do you do this with a private contract? But did, did you hear what she said there? She, she wants to give a, a shout out to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, she, and she wants to she wants to meet with people who agree with what they believe in. This comes after saying she will not meet with the president of the United States, that he's divisive. He's mean. He's divisive. We're not going to meet with him. We only want to meet with people who agree with this by making this partisan. By the way, by complaining incessantly about how unfair it all is. Good Lord. I mean, it, it, it's like having a, a permanent backseat driver complaining about everything you're doing in the car. I mean, the, women's soccer cannot win and be happy about it They've got to win and complain
0: We don't get paid enough This is unfair We're,
2: we're bitter and angry it's Just come on You just won Let the partisanship go the, the president's not making any of this political It's the soccer team making it political I couldn't care less about women's soccer It's not even the same game as men's soccer And yet they want to be treated as equally And, and paid just like the men's soccer No No, this team got beat by under 15 year old boys in Dallas, Texas it's not the same thing. And if they're going to make it all partisan and, and take a side and say, we're not going to meet with people who don't believe what we believe and who disagree with us, well, I got no time for them. The phone number here is 1-800-WSB-TALK. Oh, Chris in Smyrna. I want to go to you about this money on the road. Well, uh, how you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> how are
0: you? Uh, pretty good. Um, I've been driving around all day. Listen to everybody talk about when well, you give the money back. Question is, why was there loose money inside the vehicle to begin with? That's what I I'm wondering. Work, I used to work as a management for an armored car company here in the Atlanta area. At no time should there ever be loose cash in that vehicle especially not anything in the range of $175,000
3: right
0: yeah
3: Um, my question
0: is uh, yeah um, I I can already tell you there's an investigation into whoever was driving that vehicle and whoever was in the back of it
2: yeah I'm assuming people are going to lose their jobs over this
0: oh big time um, and it's not just going to stop there. It's, it's, I'm sure a couple people in upper management or above them are going to lose their jobs as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, honestly, even uh, looking at it from a management point of view, I, I I wouldn't be pushing anybody to give the money back. Yeah. Uh, my, my people screwed up. I'm going to have to suck this up.
2: Yeah, I, well, and a lot of people were out there sucking up money. Chris, thanks very much for the call. Yeah, I, I kind of, I take your position there. I mean, I, I think finders, keepers, losers, weepers is, is kind of settled doctrine on something like this. David in Fayetteville, welcome. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good, how are you?
0: Hey, I'm good. I, I would be in the finders, keepers realm, but I don't think this was an accident. I think it was a heist. Oh, you think, think so? The driver and the crew got together and said, "Hey, there's 175 thousand dollars on here. We'll go stash 100 thousand. We'll dump the other 75 out the back, and nobody will know any did."
2: Oh, I like the way your mind works. This is something out of a book. So, the theory, so, theory. so yeah. So, so, so they go take some of the money. And then they open the door and, and on on 285 have cash flying out the back. People grab a couple thousand dollars worth of cash, and there was supposed that's to be right. 175. And they said, "I guess they got 175,000." I see yep, the way yep, your mind yep. works on this. Yep, that's what and, I'm that's thinking. That's pretty sneaky, David. I never want you driving an armored car for me. <laughs> 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 All right, this is true. I right. appreciate it Thanks very much. much. Yep, 404-872-0750, 800 W. SB talk. We got to move on when we come back. Uh, (laughs) We got the Democrats beginning the attack on Joe Biden over doing what? Retiring from public service and getting rich off speaking fees. They were okay with Hillary Clinton doing that. Well, occasionally, this is the nature of live radio. We've got to completely upend the show and the stuff I wanted to talk about. We'll get to Joe Biden and and other things here in a little bit, but we've got two bits of local news that we really need to get to, Uh, one of which you've heard mentioned briefly in the newscast. uh, The details are coming out. Uh, The AJC just putting this up on their website uh, that we may have lost Amazon's second headquarters, but Amazon is now committed to 1,000 new jobs in Georgia. They're building a 700,000-square-foot facility. Think of your average shopping mall that's about the same size. Uh, This is going to cross over from Gwinnett into DeKalb counties, where the land is. It's going to house workers who are going to pack and ship customer orders. So that means, you know what this means? Atlanta probably is is the the metro Atlanta area. In the middle Georgia area, because they're building one down there as well. Just south of Macon, there's a huge, huge Amazon distribution facility they're building. And so that means Middle Georgia and uh, the metro Atlanta area should, within the year or so, well, Middle Georgia is going to be opening, I think, in another couple of weeks. This one will be put off for a while. But you're going to have same-day delivery from Amazon. All the places that get these distribution facilities tend to get same-day delivery. Uh, and this is going to be a big one. Now, what's so interesting here, uh, Governor Kemp took over the luring of this project. Uh, Nathan Deal had, had started on it. The the governor's office announcing this job or announcing this project, a thousand jobs created, 700,000 square foot facility. It's going to be massive, massive, massive. It will make Amazon one of Gwinnett County's largest private employers. And it's just, it's going to create a lot of jobs. Uh, this is Amazon's expected to spend about two hundred million dollars on the facility. It'll produce one point five million dollars in annual tax revenue for the Gwinnett County area. Uh, This is a really big deal. Now, where is it going to be? It's going to be just south of U.S. 78, uh, the West Park Place Boulevard. Uh, It's the there will be a 12 acre chunk in DeKalb County. Uh and uh, this is just this is crazy. This this is a really really big deal. The uh, Arc the Atlanta Regional Commission and the Georgia Road and Tollway Authority have approved the project. There're going to be 15 million dollars worth of road improvements around it to make it happen. Uh it's going to be a very big deal for that area of the state, a very big deal for Metro Atlanta if they do roll out same day delivery because of it. It'll be a giant gi- again, we're talking mall size we're talking mall size 700,000 square feet it is going to be a massive 24-hour operation to distribute this is going to be not a fulfillment center per se a distribution facility this is where amazon's going to house their goods in the southeast they're also building one in middle georgia as well which means they're trying to expand their rapid delivery presence in the southeast by putting it there on the 85 corridor north of the city very intriguing for what Amazon has in mind here. Uh, but again, this story just rolling out. If you're just tuning in, this is very big news for Georgia, very big news for that part of the state. Uh, Amazon creating a thousand new jobs, building a 700,000 square foot facility, uh, bridging Gwinnett and DeKalb County. They will have workers there 24 hours a day packing and shipping customer orders. There are also going to be employees they are handling finances, information, technology, and other roles. So uh, there were, a lot of these jobs are not going to be high-paid jobs and high-skilled jobs. And we don't know that Amazon's going to air condition this facility. Some of their facilities don't have air conditioning. That you read some reports of people working in these Amazon facilities that they're pretty awful reports of what goes on in there. Uh, but they are going to be good-paying jobs, even if they're not high-paying jobs. They're going to be reliable jobs. And Amazon's going to be a big private employer in the state of Georgia, both in Middle Georgia and the Gwinnett County area. Now, one of the things that potentially is going to implicate, though, and and why the Uh, Georgia Rail and Transport Authority is looking at $15 million of improvements, is it's going to mess up traffic bad, having thousands of people coming in and out of there every day. Now, there's other big breaking news that's happening now. Steve Hinson is not going to seek re-election in 2020. You're wondering who Steve Hinson is. Well, he's the Senate minority leader. He is the only white male Democrat in the state Senate, and he's retiring. He's not going to quit. He's just not going to seek re-election Uh, He was challenged in 2018 by Sabrina McKenzie. He finished 111 votes ahead of her. She was an unknown Democratic challenger. He says that's not the reason he's leaving. I'm sure it has something to do with it, though. But he says he's over 60. He's got to deal with um, his real business. He's got to deal with personal matters. And he wants to try to help the Democrats pick up seats next year without having to worry about himself. Uh, So now his district includes Stone Mountain and Clarkston and DeKalb County and stretches into Gwinnett County. It is a very big deal. He leads uh, 20 Democrats in the state Senate. Uh, Majority of his caucus are now women, which is a big Democratic shift. Um, The other men in the Senate caucus are uh, black men. He's the only white guy in the Democratic caucus. He's been there since 1991. Uh, Then he ran for state labor commissioner and lost to Michael Thurman and then got back into the state Senate. This is a big shakeup in state Democratic politics for Steve Hinson to be leaving uh, as the state Senate leader. But you can be sure that uh, he was going to be challenged and possibly beaten in 2020 in a Democratic primary, having only come 111 votes ahead of his uh, primary challenger. This is this is actually a, a very interesting Shake up of the Senate Democratic Caucus. I, I bet Jen Jordan's going to want to be the Senate m- minority leader, and you can bet the Atlanta media is going to fall all over themselves to help her. <laughs> of course, she is the media darling these days. Every time she opens her mouth, you can positively watch the the flushing of, of faces within the Atlanta media. It's really kind of embarrassing to watch. Uh, she can do very much like, like they treated Stacey Abrams. Um, she can do no wrong. Although I, I would say that in the Atlanta press corps, Stacey Abrams got more critical treatment uh, than Jen Jordan does. Uh, I wonder why that is. Well, wonder wonder why Abrams doesn't get nearly the flattering coverage that. And I think objectively, so. I, I'm I'm not trying to be flippant here. I, I I do actually think this is true. Uh, Abrams has gotten far more critical coverage uh, than than Jen Jordan. Uh, not just because she was on the stage longer and ran for governor she's just it, it she never gelled as well with the Atlanta media although they loved her more than Brian Kemp uh, but man uh, Jen Jordan can do no wrong as far as people in the Atlanta media are concerned it's always fascinating to watch all right I you know I was going to make this point but man uh, Jr. and Norcross I'm going to let you make this point
0: holy cow I mean, well i know you would do it better than i would but i mean what what happened to amazon if they lost their soul don't they know we're a bunch of neanderthals you know right-wing reactionaries that uh you know prosecute women for having even thinking about abortions what what's what
2: I, happened clearly clearly anti-women i mean this this is yeah. if amazon's coming to georgia they must hate women
0: uh, i guess huh <laughs> Yes.
2: Uh, Nobody better tell Alyssa Milano. She 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 might just lose it.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is. is, Have they no soul? Apparently.
2: Jeff Bezos. Apparently he'll he'll sell out for anything these days. Uh, I
0: guess so. Coming to Atlanta. I mean. I know, I know. Governor Kemp didn't give away the house as far as tax incentives and stuff, right?
2: Uh, not that I know of. This is mostly Gwinnett and DeKalb get, giving away the farm, not the state giving away the farm on this one. Okay. Uh, let, let the Democrats right. do it. But you, you know, who knows? May, maybe Amazon will figure out a way to do mail order abortion service, and they'll get right again with Alyssa Milano there you with Hollywood well, just, crowd.
0: Just keep my six percent sales tax in
2: Gwinnett County, and I'm happy. Don't hold your (laughs) breath on that one. Listen, JR, thanks very much. Yeah, I'm glad you made that point. Yes, uh, Amazon coming to Georgia after the fetal heartbeat legislation. Those Neanderthal troglodyte conservatives at Amazon. I'm sure Alyssa Milano will have something to say on this. hello there it is eric erickson the phone number here is 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK let's see i want to go to jeff in atlanta welcome hey jeff i hear you jeff it sounds like but i don't hear jeff he's disappeared Uh uh-oh all right well we will have to We'll have to come back to phone calls after this break. And, you know, real quick, I want to play this. I've been teasing it. Listen to this. This is MSNBC on Joe Biden. Oh, well, now i got to repackage the audio here, don't I? Ah, technical difficulties this afternoon. Here we go. Because he's now
0: a member of the the Millionaires Club, since those new financial disclosures show that he made almost $16 million after leaving the White House. And look, nobody is begrudging Joe Biden for his success, but how does he juggle that while still positioning himself as the guy who can relate to middle-class working voters?
2: Do you know Joe Biden was the poorest member of Congress for decades? decades joe biden was the he never cashed in his wife did not cash in his kids did not go be big lobbyists not until later in life they, they are now uh but biden and his wife refused to cash in and now that he's retired he's out of government service he's been making 15 16 million dollars in speeches and now they're out to get how can he relate to the little guy that he's been his entire life This is incredible class warfare on MSNBC and the Democrats eating Biden alive for daring to retire and make some money finally, as opposed to Bernie Sanders, who's a millionaire from his time in Congress. Hello there. The phone number here four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Ah, yeah. Let me go to here. I want to go to Barbara in Canton before I talk about Acosta. Welcome, Barbara. How are you?
5: I'm doing great. How are you this evening? I'm good. Good. Um, my question is, and I've called into Pete Spriggs. He's the program director. Uh huh. And left messages before because if you pull up. StaceyAbrams.com. Under her name, it says governor. Uh Does not say for governor. Does not say running for governor. Doesn't say maybe governor in 2025. Whatever. It says governor.
2: Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. That that was actually her campaign sign. That logo. She also used that in her campaign sign.
5: Oh yeah, but this is a site that's been updated. If you scroll down, oh I see
2: Yep, yeah, gave. yeah.
5: So this is an updated site,
2: right? Oh, I, yeah, I, I totally get what you're get what you're saying. Yeah, she, she's never never changed the logo. I I mean she is continuing. She's planning her 2022 run. Here's part of the problem. This is what makes it interesting for Democrats in Georgia. Is so she's not going to run for president. Abrams isn't. Um, she's flirted with these things. She's going to stay out there. And she's going to do her best to rally people. And then she's going to try to claim in 2022 that it's her turn again. And she's relying on the media to help her. But the media likes a few other people, including Jim Jordan, more than they like Stacey Abrams. And a lot of the Democrats in the background, remember, they never really cared for Stacey. And she fought him and she won. And I got to tell you, I've interviewed a ton of candidates over the years. I really have. And she was one of the best interviews I've done. And we, we didn't agree on really anything. But she was a great interview. She is a, you should not underestimate Stacey Abrams. And I said that before the election, after I interviewed her, I said, she, she's a, a she's a, a good interview. She's self, I like politicians on either side of the aisle who are enough at ease about themselves. They can make jokes about themselves. And the reason is because I have spent now, gosh, 20 years in politics, and it is amazing how few politicians are willing to joke about themselves. And that's a tell. Those who aren't willing to joke about themselves, who who can't just be relaxed and in their own skin tend to be the ones who they're just they're not they're not good on the campaign trail ultimately they're they're not good people people and and often they get elected and everyone who runs for office in any way is is slightly idiosyncratic myself included i ran for office and got elected but those who who have enough self-deprecating humor are the more grounded of the politicians and and it doesn't matter either side of the aisle um, I can find a way to relate to them. And Stacey Abrams, for all of her dogmatism and, and far-left progressivism that I vehemently disagree with and, and really, it, 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 it actually does make me mad the way she has portrayed herself after the election, uh, casting aspersions on people and trying to, to sh- uh, stoke racial dis- discord in the state just for, for her benefit— You can't underestimate her because she's a politician who's able to be self-deprecating and that means she is a politician who who tends to have her head on straight as opposed to some of these others. And there's a real anti-Stacey Abrams establishment within the Democratic Party in Georgia you would not know exists because they're disciplined enough to keep quiet about it. But it's there and it's growing. And I don't know that she's a shoe in in 2022 for the Democratic nomination. But, yeah, this, this site, the Stacey Abrams site, you go to it, it, says Stacey Abrams Governor. That's her campaign logo. She's just never updated her campaign logo. It, it's clear to me she's going to run again in 2022 against Brian Kemp. Now, Greg in Stone Mountain, how are you?
5: I'm good. How are you, Eric? Good. So, I live in the neighborhood right behind uh, on West Park Place. Mm-hmm. Uh. Totally disgusted by Amazon and what they're doing. First of all, the land that they cleared out and the displacement of all the animals around there. Uh, I have a little bit of chunk of forest behind me, and I've got a lot more deer activity and whatnot. And, of course, I've seen a lot of dead deer. So that frustrates me. I'm not some environmental swacko or anything, but not happy with that. But I actually met a guy because of the industry that I work in that is involved in this project. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing of them having – going to bring 1,800 jobs or somewhat is not true. He says it only ends up being 100 or so jobs in the factory there. Everything is basically going to be automated. Hmm. Um, and this whole deal went down when Amazon was hunting for a headquarters. And when uh, certain states didn't get the H2 project, they said, well, for tax incentives, we'll build these distribution centers here and whatnot. So the only people getting rich and making money is obviously Amazon and politi- and the politicians uh, in Gwinnett and DeKalb County
2: well and and just for perspective these are not going to be the the high paying jobs either of those that are there because um it, they are mostly going to be distribution warehouses now it, tell me again it, it's, it's what is the location I, I'm trying to pull it up on the map as well it, it's i know it's it's north of highway 78 and uh west what Whatchamadiggy? West park
5: base yeah uh, wrote, uh, literally Eric no joke, I'm driving I'm about to pass it right now. <laughs>
2: okay, yeah. Okay. So so just so so people know where this is, it is on the backside of Stone Mountain.
5: Yeah, so if you were going uh, what is it, east on seventy eight, the exit right after the Stone Mountain exit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I I've got it up on the map right now. Yeah, there's that uh there's the the Walmart Supercenter there, there's the Hobby Lobby um, yep. there's the yes the the rack room shoes is over there, yes, okay, 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 now I know right so, where this is back side of backside of Stone mountain, yeah,
5: and for the most part, this is all gonna be robotics and robots doing all this stuff very you know, yeah, you know that that's what a,
2: a lot of it is now is is it's more and more robots going in into these places they're they're really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, My buddy Fred just texted me and said, "Hey, hey! For some of us, that's the front side of Stone Mountain." <laughs> okay. For, yes. Okay. Fair point. For those outside the perimeter, it's the it's the front side of Stone Mountain. If you're if you're headed from Atlanta, it's the back. <laughs> I better let you go there before I get in trouble, Greg. But thank you for that. Y'all know where I'm talking about. Um, very near the the Stone Mountain Golf Club. Um. That area <laughs> yes on that side of Stone Mountain that's where it's going to be clearing a lot of land over there to make this thing happen and yeah there, there's going to be a, a lot of heavy automation in the facility as well uh, there there absolutely will be uh, but they're they're committing to those thousand jobs and some of them be front office management jobs but most of them won't. I've got to remember to have my friend Ryan on at some point to talk about climate change and whatnot. He is a Ph.D. meteorologist, uh, research fellow. The guy's just just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, And he's made his profession in meteorology. And this exchange he had with a uh, left-wing hack reporter blew up today. She's running a story that this hurricane developing in the Gulf of Mexico is proof of climate change and and he says no it's not and she calls him a misogynist for disagreeing and when he points out he's actually an expert on hurricanes she blows up and screams sexism about it I I totally got to get him on to talk about this stuff at some point it's hilarious